Welcome to Power Players in Business and Life with Adrian Richardson, the show where brilliant leaders in business share powerful insider secrets and strategies to succeeding in life and business. Now, here's your host, Adrian. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Adrian Richardson, founder of the Power Players in Business and Life podcast, where I get the honor of interviewing fascinating, big-hearted people who have brilliant minds. I'm also the founder of PowerPlay Media, where we create and implement strategic marketing plans for service-based business owners who want to scale their companies to seven or eight figures and beyond using Facebook and Instagram ads. For more information, visit wearepowerplay.com. And now let me tell you about today's guest. Billy Bross helps course creators generate more revenue and turn their courses into real businesses. After getting his MBA and building a great career in the corporate world, Billy left it all behind to go full-time on a side project he'd been quietly working on, a website teaching online courses to home beer brewers. The success of his home brewing website made other online course creators take notice and reach out for help. Billy has now grown businesses in over 40 different niches, generating millions of dollars in online course sales for his clients. Hey, Billy, welcome to the show. Hey, Adrian. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you here. So as I just shared with our audience, you are a power player when it comes to creating online courses and helping people do that. And I know it all started with your love for home brewing beer. Can you like <laughs> take us back to the beginning and tell us how this got started? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a crazy story. So, um, so I was in college and one of the things that you do in college, at least if you're with me and my friends is drink a lot of beer <laughs> <laughs> and we're having, we're getting work done too. We, uh, we followed the, the work hard, hardy hard philosophy. Mm -hmm. But, uh, at one point my, my crazy roommate and I were kind of scheming things up and we said, man, like we drink a lot of beer. Why don't we just try making this stuff? Mm. <laughs> And, and I'm a real science geek and I just, mm -hmm. I love hobbies. I've always had hobbies growing up. So I was totally on board with that and said, yeah, let's do it. So, um, so that became a real passion of mine and, and he kind of kept it as a casual thing, but doing as I usually do, I really geeked out on it and got really into the hobby and mm -hmm. started um, entering competitions and doing well there. And I started a, a beer website on the side. And around this time I had also, I had just graduated college and I was working as a consultant in the, the power industry, mm -hmm. uh, mainly focusing on clean energy and renewables. And so I really liked my career. It was, a, it was a great career. It was really interesting. I really liked the people that I worked with. And it wasn't like that typical entrepreneur story, you know, where you, you hate your job and you just have to get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that story. I, I'm not, not going to lie about it. I really liked what yeah. I was doing. Um, but, you know, I always had that itch to do my own thing ever since I was little. I just wanted to have my own projects to work on. And I really hated having a ceiling above me. So it came to that point where I was just ready to leave. And uh, by that point, and, and having a business background, because I also, I got my MBA and I was doing financial modeling for this company I was working for. So I was pretty business savvy, but only in this one area of business. <laughs> I didn't mm. learn about online marketing until later. And I realized that, man, all these formal skills that I got in business school don't really help when it comes to selling beer brewing courses over the internet. <laughs> yeah, a little bit different. It's a little bit different, yeah. So I had to learn this stuff called copywriting and split testing and all the, all these foreign mm -hmm. terms to me at the time. And so, uh, so eventually I, I figured it out and I was able to actually make more money from the online business than I was for my career. So wow. by that point, 
you know, when I was doing stuff that I really wasn't quite enjoying anymore in my career, I put in my two weeks and, and that was it. I went on to live the beer life. <laughs> wow. So you kind of, kind of became an accidental entrepreneur, would you say? <laughs> I would say, I wouldn't say that so much. I always knew. I always mm -hmm. knew I would be an entrepreneur at some point. It was just a matter of when. Okay. So what do you think was like your unique skill that helped you become successful with the, the moving this from a hobby to a very successful business? Like, what do you think was a unique skill you had that helped you do that? There were a lot of things, you know, and there's a lot of soft skills that you have to learn too. You know, as you're well aware, being an entrepreneur, it's not just about the technical skills, mm -hmm. a lot of discipline. It's a lot of mindset stuff, you know, having really good routines. Um, but on the, on the skill side of things, talking about marketing, there was one in particular that just made the biggest difference and that was copywriting. Yeah. Because like I was saying, I, the job that I had, it was a business type role, but it was assuming that all the money was already coming in and then you're just managing the money. Right. Right. I didn't have to actually worry about making the sales. Mm -hmm. Now I'm running a business as an entrepreneur and I have to be the one actually making the sales. And hell, I'm not a salesman. I have no idea how to do this. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out I was kind of, and I was scared that I would have to actually like sell in person to people, but it's over the internet. So you don't have to do that. But you, you do don't have to look at them. them. No, you don't have to look at them. No. Yeah. And, uh, and that's why copywriting was such a good fit for me because I really enjoyed psychology and I always enjoyed writing and I enjoyed business too. I just wasn't ready to sell people face to face or anything like that yet. So once I discovered copywriting, I said, oh man, this is, this is a really cool thing. And I learned the whole history behind it, studied the greats, hired a mentor, and that was the biggest difference maker by far. Yeah, I think um, when I think about copywriting, I remember, you know, when I was in college and you take like creative writing classes and, you know, you take all these other things. And even, you know, with my, my degrees in public relations, so I, I still had a different kind of copywriting training and like learning how to write press releases and stuff like that. But when you're doing online marketing, the copywriting is so specific to that, that type of direct, you know, direct response marketing. Yeah, and so they don't teach that in schools or in businesses. <laughs> no. Yeah. I'm, I mean, so you discovered the same thing, right? Like you were a writer and I was a writer too. I was writing for my old job, but we were writing technical reports for the department of energy. I mean, this was not selling a beer brewing course over the internet. So like yeah. you experienced with your journalism background. Yeah. It's a totally different type of writing. Yeah. So, um, when you decided to make this, so you shifted into, you created your own home beer brewing company, then you moved into creating a course that teaches people how to do it. And then from there, it kind of morphed even more into you showing other people how to do it. So can you talk more about the kind of that progression of how the business developed? Yeah, sure. So it actually started as a beer blog. So I was writing reviews about beers and I was also doing some tips as well, homebrewing tips. So it's kind of split between the craft beer world and then the homebrewing tips. Um, but the homebrewing tips were the ones that really took off. And this was back around 2009 or so. So YouTube was mm -hmm. just becoming a thing. Mm hmm and I was posting my videos to YouTube and saying, holy crap, I'm racking up thousands of views here. So I said, if my one-off video tips are doing so well, what if I strung them together, strung them together and made a course? Because mm -hmm. I didn't start the website to necessarily do a course. 
but I was really into learning about internet marketing at the time. Uh, I was following sites like Copy Blogger and Internet Business Mastery. And there was, it was, I was more in the blogging world than I was mm-hmm. in the course world. But the blog built the audience that I needed to then sell the courses. So what I did was I focused on those video tips, made a course, and then, uh, and then launched it and was surprised that I actually made money from it. I was shocked. <laughs> It's like, oh my God, people bought this and they paid $29 for it, which I thought was so much money at the time. Right. You were like, wow. Incredible. Yeah. So, um, strangers just giving me money. I don't even have to see them. Yeah, I know. I still have a screenshot, you know, uh, retail businesses, they have that, the framed dollar. Dollar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have a screenshot of the PayPal transaction for my very first transaction. Oh, that's great. That's so funny. My daughter was just asking me yesterday. She was like, why do people have a dollar in a frame? in their business. <laughs> she was just asking me about that. that. And I was thinking about that. I'm like, I wonder if people still do that because what if your first transaction was like a credit card, you know, <laughs> payment. So right, I love that you that, took a screenshot right? of that. Yeah. Now the dollar is kind of nostalgic. Yeah. Yep. But, you know, but I, you know, I, and I hadn't thought about this until just now when you brought this up, but there is a lot behind that dollar, isn't there? Like now mm-hmm. I understand it. Like after I haven't gone through this process of being an entrepreneur and launching my own product and selling it, like there's a lot of blood, sweat, and tears behind that dollar. Yeah, um, most definitely. So, screenshot. So, uh, yeah. So I was selling these courses, and then, and then what I what happened was I got really into it, just like homebrewing. I geeked out on it. I geeked out on online marketing. So I started going to conferences and joining these forums online, and uh, and I started to meet other people, other online course creators who were doing really cool things. And one thing that I really missed from the, my job was being around really smart people and collaborating. Mm. Because what they don't tell you is that being a solopreneur is pretty lonely at times. Yeah. Especially and when you work from home on the internet and you never have anybody else to talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is what I was doing, which mm-hmm. was totally different for me. That's not what I was used to. I was always used to, around, used to being around a lot of friends and peers and yeah. you know, being in college around professors and then my coworkers. And then suddenly I'm at home alone on the computer. It's like, this is, this is not exactly what was on the brochure for being a uh, <laughs> non-line entrepreneur. I mean, it was great. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't go back, but right. it's not perfect by any means. Yeah. And so when I started to then plug myself into this world of online marketing and direct response and all that, I said, okay, this is what I like. This feels familiar. I like being mm-hmm. around these people. And, and they also just had really cool businesses. I mean, I didn't come at this from the make money online world. You know, I came at this from the beer world. Right. So I have a, a soft spot for the, the fun, unusual, weird, quirky niches. Yeah. And so one of my first clients was Matt Frazier at No Meat Athlete. I don't know if you've heard of his site, but it's a very- I've, I've heard of No Meat Athlete, yeah. Yeah, so we kind of got started around the same time and became buds through one of these online forums. And, and he was my first, yeah, he was actually my first actual client after I had started my beer business, who mm-hmm. I freelanced for. And I said, man, this is a lot more fun. I like teaming up with people. Yeah. So that kind of snowballed. And then it got to the point where I, I was kind of losing my passion for the beer site and I was preferring to work on these other projects. And I was also wearing so many hats. And if I do something, I want to do it really well. I don't like to half-ass anything or have a yeah. bad product. So it's just becoming too much. And, and let's be honest, I was approaching 30 and running a beer website was not the healthiest thing in the world. <laughs> <laughs> like I might need to start growing up sometime. Yeah, all that market research, man, it really adds up. <laughs> I, know, I know it's first world problems, but really, you know, after seven years of doing it, it's like, yeah. I'm trying to get healthy now. So, uh, which, is, which is funny because the, 
the person I sold it to, because I eventually sold it, uh, who's a mutual friend of ours. <laughs> he was telling me, he's like, man, you know, in the first month after he bought it, he's like, man, uh, your site is great, but I'm putting on some weight here. <laughs> I was like, ah, you got the curse of the beer website. <laughs> yep. That's why I sold it, buddy. Yeah. You gained 10 pounds. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So that's what happened. And, and now that's what I do full time. I uh, have clients who sell online courses and I, and I partner with some online courses and I'm even still working with my old beer website. I'm just not the one behind the scenes anymore. I'm just the, um, I just show up and drink essentially. <laughs> yeah. You get the perks. I get the perks. Yeah. Without any of the back end headaches. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, every person who goes into business for themselves, you know, you talked about one of the downfalls, if you will, about it is, you know, it can be lonely, right? Like you, I always joke and I'm like, I, I get up every morning, I drop my kids off at school and I come back to the house and I work. And then I go pick up my kids from school and I don't ever talk to anybody or see anybody. And, you know, I, so I have to intentionally um, create those opportunities for me to meet up with other people in person. I think that there's nothing that can replace like in person, meeting with someone, seeing them face to face, shaking their hand, whatever, like interacting with them. There's like, there's nothing that we do online, even with zoom and YouTube and everything else that I feel like that can, it can replicate that exactly. Um, but it's really important uh, for our human psyche and everything, even if you're an introvert, right? Like you got to get out sometime and see people. Um, so I know that's a challenge for a lot of business owners. And I'd love if you'd be willing to share with us, you know, along the way as, as your business was evolving and growing, I'm sure you hit some kind of roadblock, obstacle, challenge. Um, and I love on the show to talk about real things, like a challenge that you may have had in your business or, or that it was like what happened that you were, it was unexpected and how did you move through that and come out on the other side? Mm, yeah. And I love everything you just said too about meeting people in real life and, and getting out. That has been one of, if not the biggest difference maker in my career um, mm. since going into online marketing, because it makes sense because everything's online. So everyone thinks that you can just do everything online. Right? So you have a lot of people who refuse to get out behind their computer yeah. So if you're willing to do that and go to a conference and do the hugs and the handshakes, mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's a rare thing and it makes a huge difference. So a lot of my big opportunities, have, you know, as ironic as it seems, being an online marketer, have not come through the internet, but through meeting people in person. Yes. Yes, I agree. I've had the same experience. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, yeah, it's the, what do they call that? It's the shortcut, right? It's the, <laughs> it's the, the cheat code. Yes. There you go. Yes. <laughs> uh, okay. The question. So something that was unexpected you know it was kind of unexpected i knew i would move on from my beer website at some point but it was kind of unexpected how quickly it all happened mm -hmm. and i mean it went from me deciding to do it to it being in someone else's hands in less than two months i would say wow yeah and this is something that i've been building for a long time um but it was a variety of factors you know i mentioned a few of them and it was really tough to, to pivot that quickly into my next thing. Cause you know, I, I was sort of uh, free falling there was so much freedom, right? I was between businesses and I was also an entrepreneur, not working for anyone anymore. Mm -hmm. And then I had also just moved to Los Angeles too. I grew up in Virginia and I moved out to LA. And so it was this whole new, very fast paced world. Wow. And so it was really tough to, to find my footing. 
And the thing I learned though, is that you just really have to keep moving forward. You can't just sit back and think, okay, what, what should I be doing? Cause I was trying to figure out like just the right business model for me. Do I want to be a consultant, a coach? Do I want to have my own offers? Just do one-on-one stuff. Um, and I have a lot of different skills. So do I zero in on one skill like uh, copywriting or one market like course creators? And what I found is that you just have to try a bunch of stuff. You just have to keep doing things and you'll get clarity by forward progress. Yeah, I, this is a good point because this is a big problem for entrepreneurs is that sometimes they're afraid to move forward until they have all the answers, right? Like I need to get this all figured out before I can do this. You know, I, I have to know exactly what I want. And I love that you say like, try things out because I'm a true, I'm a big believer in like, there's very few things in this world that can't be changed or adjusted or fixed. You know what I'm saying? Like death's Mm -hmm. the only permanent thing. (laughs) And, and so when looking at your business and it is right, you have all these choices of like, do I want to do coaching? Do I want to sell info products? Do I want to have an eight week program? Do I want to have a mastermind? Like there's all these choices. And I think that a lot of um, business owners get stuck in, in so many choices that they don't know what to do. And so I think it's really important what you just said is like, just get out there and try, right? Because as you start trying those things and like you try it on, right? Well, how does this fit me? Does this fit with what my lifestyle goals are with how I want to interact with people? And it's okay to change your mind or to adjust. And I, I think that people think it's not okay. Like they have to have it all figured out. Yeah, exactly. I agree so much. And you know, momentum is such an important part of it too. It's a lot easier to pivot if you have momentum. It's kind of like, like I, I snowboard and when you're going fast on a snowboard, it's much easier. It takes very little muscle movement to radically change your angle that you're going down the mountain. But when you're going really slow on it, it takes more effort. You got to really like fling your hips and your legs around. Mm. So if you just take action and start putting out content uh, networking, you know, reaching out to people, developing those relationships, which by the way, that's like what you should always be doing is yeah. developing relationships, no matter what, like, even if you can't decide on what your offer is going to be, uh, once you have that momentum, it's much easier to pivot on something and move yeah. to something else very quickly. So yeah, just keep that momentum going. Don't let that fire stop burning. Yeah. You, you just have to keep putting one step in front of the other. Like as you're, you might not be able to see the whole path in front of you, but if you just keep taking steps the path will be like, it'll eventually be, you know, um, what is the word I'm trying to think of? Like shown to you, <laughs> like stumbling for words right now. Revealed. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? And so, but when you don't take action, when you don't step forward, you can't see any further down the road. And so it's like, just take baby steps and eventually the path will be revealed to you and you'll have those answers, but you can't get answers if you stand still. No. And I, I pretty much accept that I'm always on that path. <laughs> it's just yes. a constant. It gets better and better all the time now. Yes. So you help people create online courses. What is like the biggest mistake that you see people make when they have made a decision that they want to make an online course? Is there like maybe one or two big mistakes that you just feel like are super common that people, it, hap- it happens to a lot? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, well, and I should clarify too, my sweet spot is really the people who have gotten over that initial hump and sold their first course. Mm-hmm. And then they're really looking to 
I guess you could say scale it, but I would say turn it more into a real business, like a real, right. like there's not just an online course, but, but they really want to have their students go deeper and, and form like a company, like a real company and, and grow this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't so much help people create the course, but I certainly see the mistakes because I speak with a lot of people and I see the mistakes that they make in, in going about this. And definitely the biggest one would be creating the course before you validated it, before you validated the idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, I spoke with someone recently who spent, I think it was seven or eight months filming a really highly produced course using nice video equipment and studio and, and, and all that. And a uh, beautiful course, but there was really no validation done to say, okay, well, I want to put this thing out there. People are going to buy it. Right. And unfortunately, they didn't. Mm. And now they were, they're kind of panicking. Like, where do I go from here? I had so much invested. You know, and it's tough to make good decisions when you have such a large cost like that behind you. You know, you put yes. so much into it because the, the pragmatic thing to do might be to, to cut it loose, right, and start from scratch. I'm not saying that that's what the answer for that person was, but, um, but that's why you don't want to put yourself in that kind of a situation, right? Like, you, you really want to validate these things up front. And you can do that in a very uh, lightweight way. It doesn't require eight months and a ton of money on video production. So I, I think that we as a society, when we're um, what we usually see is like a company makes a product and then they go and sell it. Right. And we go buy it at the store or, you know, they, people we're used to seeing something created and then sold. And so it's hard for people to wrap their head around the fact of like, wait a minute, I can sell something before it's created or I can, you know, test this before I create it. And I don't think it's natural for people to think that way right out of the gate. You know, like you're, you, you said, like, I did the same thing way, I don't even know, six years ago and membership sites were like the thing, right? And so I was like, I'm going to create a membership site. And I spent a good, probably nine months creating content, recording videos, you know, hiring someone to build this site out, all this stuff, you know, and I was going to sell like a $49 a month membership and, um, you know, coming up with a launch plan, like all of those things took a good nine months. Yeah, I believe And when I launched it, um, I don't remember exactly how many sales I had, maybe, maybe 30 or 50 or something. I don't remember, but it was significantly less than what I thought it was going to be. And almost to the point of like, why did I spend all this time before I knew exactly what people wanted? Mm-hmm. Because it's much easier to find out what people want and then create a solution for people's problems. But mm-hmm. when we just make that decision for ourselves and we don't test it, against the audience or who the audience would even be, you know, right for, uh, I can see that being a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I think it's because partially, at least we just really fall in love with our product Yes. and, and, and our idea and what we want to sell, but it's not necessarily what people want to buy. Uh, and, and I, I especially deal with this, I think, because, because I deal with teachers, you know, there's a lot of different types of people who create online courses. You know, there's a lot of like professional marketers, that create online courses. There are coaches who create online courses as part of their business model. Mm-hmm. But the ones I tend to work with are niche experts. They would probably describe themselves as uh, creators, like YouTubers, bloggers. Mm-hmm. And so they're really into their topic. You know, a lot of them actually <laughs> used to be formal teachers. Right. And marketing is like this. It's like a four-letter word to them. It's something that they don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole. And, uh, and so it's very difficult for them to think like that, like, 
okay, well, I need to forget about my topic and focus on what this person wants. It might not yeah. even really be people, people, you know, yeah. <laughs> a people person. Yeah. And so, um, but you know what I find though, the, the thing that gives them relief, the thing that really works for them. And I've, I've spoken with a bunch of my clients about this um, because they're very self-aware and, and they say, okay, well, but I want to, so I also want to do the thing that I love to do, right? I love my topic. How do I reconcile these two things? They want to buy it, but I also want to be like into what I'm doing here. This is why, why I'm doing this. And it really comes down to the impact, which is, is no big surprise, really. Like it feels good to help people. It feels good to get people results. Yeah. And so they're okay. Kind of like not, you know, at least the ones, you know, I know not everyone feels this way, but this is also who I like to work with. Right. I want to work with people who like to make an impact. And what they find is that like, yeah, maybe it's not exactly like the super geeky nerdy thing that they want to teach, <laughs> but it's okay when they see the impact that they're making. Mm-hmm. So what, if someone's thinking about creating an online course, um, or maybe, I don't know, maybe they hadn't considered it, but now they hear this and they're like, hmm, this sounds interesting. What are some things that people should consider when they're thinking about creating an online course? Yeah, great question. And very timely too, because it's really, um, there's really a big opportunity right now because there's just so much disruption happening in the education industry uh, and in this online course industry too. And I really think that in the next couple of years, there's going to be a big shakeout in our industry. Mm. And I just don't think that the low tier, even middle tier courses are going to survive. Yeah. You had this, you had this market. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do? Cool. Yes. Yeah, I really think <laughs> so. <laughs> because uh, you have all these people selling it as this business opportunity, uh, which look, it, it's been good the past few years. It, you know, you can make a fortune, as, yeah. as you know, right, from running Facebook ads alone, like Facebook ads to a sales page and r- rake it in. Yeah. But now Facebook ad costs are going up and everyone's mm-hmm. flooding into this market. And then you have the rise of uh, the Udemy's and the YouTube's and the Linda's and the Skillshare's. Yep. So I really think that there's going to just kind of be two layers. There's going to be the free stuff and the very cheap stuff. The people in the middle with the $1 to $200, maybe $500 products are kind of going to disappear uh, unless, you know, unless there's a lot of money behind it, but just doing it as a side thing, you know, it's just like a passive income thing. Right. That's going to become very, very difficult. Uh, and then you're going to have the, the premium courses, which I'm most excited about because the way that these things are going now, and this gets back to your question, if you're developing a course now, you can't just set it and forget it. Yeah. The market is too mature. You have too much competition. Uh, customers are too savvy. There's too much transparency and they're demanding better experiences. Mm. Because let's face it, most course creation or most course completion rates are in the gutter. Yes. They're like 3%. I heard, yeah, I was going to say, I heard it was de- way below 5%. Yeah. Yeah. They're very low. Yeah. This is something that my friend, um, Dr. Carrie Rose is very adamant about and, and passionate about and works on. Yes. And- I know her and she's actually going to be on the show in a few weeks. Oh, she is. Awesome. (laughs) I love Carrie. Yeah, Yeah. she's great. Yeah. So I'm totally on board with her philosophy. And so what we're seeing is courses going more towards this premium model where there's more interaction from the teacher. A lot of them, a lot of my clients right now are now teaching the courses live. So Mm -hmm. meeting on scheduled Zoom calls each week. Mm -hmm. And it's just, um, and they're able to charge premium prices too. So it's really win-win. The only people losing out are the lazy ones who don't, aren't willing to do that kind of thing. Right. But it's no big surprise that if you want to succeed, it's going to take hard work. Yeah. Well, I think that our society right now is on information overload. Like you can get information from anywhere all over the place, 
cheap, free, in between and everything else. And like you said that, you know, the market is maturing there, you know, our people are getting used to this. They're getting, they were, it, there was a time, like you said, when you could put out like an info product for $47 and make a ton of money on it. But the truth is, is that very few people finish them. Most people don't implement them. And it, in, and the majority of people don't get any kind of results. And people, I think, are really fed up with that. And they want something more. You know, they want something that is actually going to solve their problem. They want something that has more connection, that has more impact. And I, I, so I totally agree with what you're saying. And it's like those programs that just exist to just give people a bunch of information, but then there's no kind of other support for the implementation or the personalization of it. I think those are going to go away, like you said. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I mean, I was at this mastermind not too long ago and don't get me wrong. This was a great presentation and these were very savvy marketers, but one of them was describing their upflow sequence and they're like, uh, yeah, you know, or yeah, the uh, upsell downsell sequence. And mm -hmm. they said, yeah, you know, if they don't take this and they get a downsell and we give them six more courses and I'm like six more courses. Well, what's the course completion rate on those things? Like, <laughs> Come on. And, yeah. And most people are like, who cares? Yeah, it's just there's so, it makes it so commoditized, and they're yeah. you know, sending a, you know, a stack of files for them to go through. That's not a course. No, no. I think it's really, really important if you want to stand out in the marketplace and have success. Is that you need to offer something that solves a problem and doesn't just overload people with information. And like you said, gives them a better experience. I love how you said, you know, some people are teaching their classes live now instead of pre-recorded, you know, and I'm sure there's a bajillion other cool things that you, you know, work with your clients on um, of better experiences. But for those people listening, like you, I would really encourage you to sit down and kind of brainstorm and think outside of the box. Um, I think what people do is they look around and they go, well, what is everybody else doing? Right? Well, I should do that too. And I think that's also another big mistake in people that are creating courses is that they're thinking, well, so-and-so is doing this, so I should do it too. Instead of really looking and seeing, you know, what is my audience need? Uh, you know, what kind of support are they going to need? How do I want to interact with people? Like they're not looking internally in for the ideas of how to create their stuff. They're looking externally and thinking they have to be like other people. And I think the way to differentiate is to really kind of make think outside of the box and make something that's really personal for your own audience. Yeah, that's so true. And that's why I'm so adamant also about not thinking about what you're doing as selling online courses, but really building an education company. Mm. It's not just about the courses. It's about the, it's about the support. It's about the, it's about the mission behind what you're doing, right? It's about your why it's about the system to fulfill on what you promised. Right. So you really, so there really is this maturation, like you were saying, where you really are going to have to, to step up and become a, a legitimate business. Yeah. I love that. I just wrote that down. Becoming an education company, and it's about the mission behind what you're doing. I think that that's really important for people to keep in mind because the online space has made it so easy. Uh, we talked about this earlier to kind of hide, right? You create something, you put it out there, you make money, you hide from people a lot. Unfortunately, there's lots of people out there that don't care if they get results for people. If they're happy, they're just like, oh, this was an easy way to make money. And, you know, long term, those people never survive. Uh, but when you're creating something that's an education company and you're actually helping people um, and you have a mission for that and you have a purpose for that and why you're doing it, that is something that you can really build. 
Absolutely. And look, it's a big differentiator too, because no one else is thinking this way. Mm-hmm. And also it's a huge opportunity. So I was being kind of dire earlier about, you know, online courses and the shakeout and some of them kind of wasting away or going by the wayside. But if you're willing to do this and you really like this business, which look, it's not for everyone. And mm-hmm. I think that's a big mistake that a lot of those gurus make is they don't tell you about the other side of it, right? Like you yeah. might not like being at home all day long. You know, yeah, my husband hates it. I, I, I had this huge dream and goal of like growing my business big enough that my husband could leave his job and be home. And I achieved that. And now I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have asked for that because he hates it. <laughs> He's like, yeah. I want to go get a job. I'm tired of being at home. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's not for everyone. And that's why, I, too, you know, I love consulting and I have a, a very strong um, network of friends and colleagues here in Los Angeles that I, I see on a regular basis. That stuff's really important. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you like doing this though, the opportunity for you is huge because uh, as we mentioned, this education industry is being disrupted right now. And that creates a lot of opportunity for people who are, uh, willing to capitalize on it and, and able to. Yeah. I love that. So power players set their goals high and then they put their focus and energy on achieving that. And so Billy, I'd love to know what you're working on right now that you're excited about. Oh man, I got so many things. Okay. Well, one, okay. I'll give you one in, <laughs> I'll give you one in our world in the online marketing world. And then there's a cool side project I'm working on, but okay. um, it's really this idea of the, the uh, creating the education company. Right. And I'm working with some really great clients, partnering with some to do this, to really define what this model looks like. Like what is the next generation of the university look like mm-hmm. and and we're talking really outside the box stuff like not just being an online business but doing live events incorporating that um, meetups uh, physical mm-hmm. products even so it's mm-hmm. just really cool to be kind of on the the cutting edge of that and helping to just like pioneer where this where this is all going and it's just really exciting to see the impact of it that's cool yeah i love that so what's your side project oh so uh so i'm in this uh, I guess you could call it a, a networking group in LA of these pretty awesome entrepreneurs and very smart people. And, and there's this one guy who's really into flying cars. Oh. <laughs> he's, he's an inventor. He's a former uh, Air Force pilot. Oh, you were in the Air Force, right? I think mm-hmm. I yeah. 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 So, um, yeah. So he's starting a flying car race out in the desert in Southeast California. And uh, <laughs> it's the <gasps> thing. What he wants to do is advance the technology. Uh, so if people start racing the cars, they'll start making them safer and faster. And then we can fly over all this crappy LA traffic we have. <laughs> That's his real mission. Yeah, of course. And yeah. he'll become a bajillionaire if he fig- figures it out. Oh, yeah. so that's Just in LA to. alone, even if you never sold anything outside. Right. LA. Yeah. There's a big enough market here. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I love working on cool stuff like this. And I, and I used to kind of be in the alternative transportation industry with my old job. So it's kind of a, yeah. a dip back into that. So, yeah, I'm helping them build this crazy flying car race out in the desert. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. So are you going to be uh, documenting that or? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Like, there's a whole another. On the gram. <laughs> I love it. And so I know, Billy, that you also have like a daily newsletter that you send out to people called the Course Boss Insider. And I would love for you to tell our listeners why they need to be on your list to get this newsletter and what it's all about. Sure. Yeah. You got to get on there. Yeah. I do email you a lot. I'm going to blow up your inbox daily, daily weekdays only though. I, uh, I try not to ever work on weekends, so I don't blow you up too much, but 
it's a lot of cool stuff from just what's happening in the trenches, me working with these online courses, building these education companies, um, some great marketing tips. I really focus on the principles, email marketing, copywriting, psychology, direct response. I'm, as you probably gathered, I'm not like a super shiny object kind of guy. <laughs> so mm-hmm. a lot of old school stuff in there. And then also my adventures around LA and the world and on this crazy flying car race thing. Cool. So how can people get your newsletter? Billybross.com, B-I-L-L-Y-B-R-O-S-S.com. And it'll be right there on the homepage. Awesome. So you guys go to Billy's website, get on that newsletter to learn if you have any desire whatsoever to create an online course. And especially if you have a very unique niche or something that's different, you sounds like Billy would be the guy for you to help you um, bring that to fruition. And so go to billybross.com to get on that newsletter and find out more about how he can help you. And Billy, I just want to thank you for being on the show today. I know our listeners will be moved and motivated by what you shared with them. And you are a power player. Oh, well, so are you. Thank you so much, Adrian. Thanks, Billy. Thanks for listening to Power Players in Business and Life. Be sure to click subscribe. To learn more about Adrian, visit www.wearepowerplay.com. We'll see you next time.